You're listening to the Cell Phone Junkie Podcast. I have some great stuff to talk about. GSM versus CDMA. Also known as A2DP. The iPhone is here. Singular is going to be transitioning back over to AT&T. Mickey Papillon is a cell phone junkie. Both Singular and Verizon. I switched to a BlackBerry. All right. Here we go. Hello and welcome to the Cell Phone Junkie. My name is Mickey Papillon. And I'm Joey Coppas. Hey, Joey, we have got some new music there. How'd you like that? Oh, it's great. You know, I, uh, I, I figured, you know, we are up to show number 70 now, and I figured, you know, we'll do, do some special stuff here this week. Number one, get some, some new music in there. And, you know, so if, if you're out there listening and, and you like it or you don't like it, let us know. And if you, you know, whatever, I, I may take it as, you know, and I may not. I don't know. We'll see. But anyway, Joey, we've got a special guest with us today, and everyone knows him. It's Jerry. How you doing tonight, Jerry? Hey, guys. Uh, good to be with you fellas tonight on this uh, fine evening. It's uh, well. It, it's it's relatively a fine evening because I know the uh, the Mets are. Um, uh, uh, yeah, gone. I'm getting nauseous. Uh, you had to start that. <laughs> I know. I should have left it out. We're talking cell phones tonight, but you know what? I figured um, it's it's one of those uh, it's one of those evenings where at the end of September here and uh, moving into October. Uh, I love baseball. I know you do too, and I know our our good buddy Steve is happy. His Red Sox won a you know won their division, yeah. but. Um, Anyway, we digress into other topics, but um, exactly. You know, I, Jerry. Before we get going here, I've heard um, I listen to Mobility today all the time, and and I I'm glad that that you guys are are covering the stories that you are because it's really been a lot of fun um, to hear the perspective um, every week that you've been bringing. And now that you've got Chris on there, you've got you know that other perspective for the the listeners that are out th- that are out there that have not heard the Mobility Today show before. Um, you want to give them just a, a quick little rundown of what you guys do, what you're all about over there. Well, basically, it's a uh, mobile technology free-for-all. Uh, we basically discuss various topics in mobile technology, whether it's uh, Windows Mobile, Apple iPhone, you know, whatever it may be, whatever the hot t- uh, stories and topics of the week are. And uh, like you said, Mick, we just got another uh, person on board, uh, Chrissy Boy, who is, uh, has uh, been at the site for a long time now, and he brings a more uh, Europe- European flavor uh, to the show. So we're really covered. We have the East Coast boys, myself, Dave, and Steve, and uh, we got the uh, guy across the pond. So it's a it's a good show. It it really is, and and I I I love the per you know all the 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 variety of topics that you bring, and we'll just we'll just let everyone know you guys are a little raw um, and uncensored at times. Um, so if, <laughs> <laughs> if you're looking if you're looking for a clean show, that's sometimes can be not quite so clean, but. Uh, either yeah, way, it's, a, it's like I said, it's a free for all. Yeah, exactly. It's a lot of fun. So, well, hey, let's get into the the news here of the week. And the and the first topic that I think is uh, we we can't let slip by without talking about it out of the gate is this iPhone update. And um, Apple has released the one point one point one update, and it's available through iTunes. And so when you when you connect up your computer, you're asked to to upgrade it. And I know your wife has got one, Jerry. So uh, let's let's take let's take the positive aspect of this first, and <laughs> kind of tell yeah. us how how it went for you guys. 
Well, actually, like you know, like you kind of alluded to, uh, 1.1.1 is kind of a mixed bag, and obviously we'll get into why it's mixed. But uh, for the most part, uh, this update has been a very nice update. Um, one of the biggest things that Apple has done is implemented the Apple iTunes Wi-Fi Store. And uh, I tell you, it, it's great. Uh, you know, just uh, being able to get online uh, via Wi-Fi connection, uh, view everything that's in the store, being able to purchase tracks online, being able to preview tracks, and to be honest with you, it's 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 kind of like it's like freedom, you know, just to to be able to get on and 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 browse that stuff. And so that's the one major thing. Uh, there's a couple of uh, interface uh, changes that went along with this. Uh, things to help you out with uh, data entry and uh, viewing PDFs and, and things like that and uh, attachments and ringtones and so it, it's a nice update but uh, we'll probably cover not too long uh, <laughs> why it's bad for some people. Yeah, it's um, just just a, a quick rundown so that we hit everything on there. Obviously, the the Wi-Fi music store is one of the bigger ones. Um, it's increased the the volume of the speakerphone. Did you notice that at all? Yes, and, and not only the speakerphone, but um, also uh, as the phone rings. I mean, it's not magnitudes better, but you know, it, it, it's 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 an improvement. Let's put it that way. Okay. All right. Home button, double click, shortcut to phone favorites or music controls, which is, I guess. Yeah, that's really nice. Actually, I'm I'm waiting for my uh, my iPod Touch to come, and that's I know that's a feature that was implemented on uh, the Touch, and it's a nice little interface. You double click the button, and uh, even though the phone is locked, it brings up the music interface, and you can control your your music through there. Hmm. Okay, very nice. Um, Spacebar double tap um, gives a inserts a period. That's very much like what the Blackberries do, um, which is nice. So you don't have to go into the symbols to add your period. Um, mail attachments are viewable in portrait and landscape. Uh, stocks in cities and stock and weather can be reordered. Uh, Apple Bluetooth headset battery status is shown in the status bar. The support for TV out has been, I guess, added. Um, I, that was I was surprised that that wasn't in there initially, but whatever. Uh, preference to turn off GPS or GPRS or edge connection with roaming internationally, which has been a big issue for some of the people who have taken their phone overseas with AT&T, is that it just continually continues to download email just as, it, as it's supposed to do. And then you get tagged with all these roaming charges. So uh, that is a vi- the, uh, the preference. You can turn that off if you want. New passcode, lock time intervals, and adjustable alert volume. So those are some of the, the positive things that's added. Now let's talk about why this is actually such a news story. The the phone, the iPhone has been, um, I guess, what you would call jail broke or jail broken um, through through various programs, and they've, they've allowed you to add third party applications onto it, as most people know. Well, once you add this 1.1.1 firmware to the phone, uh, basically it puts it back to a, a state of right when you get it from the factory, as in everything has been completely erased. Uh, you have none of your applications are on there anymore. Not only that, but you can't actually jailbreak the phone again to get them back on there. Uh, now, Jerry, we were talking about this before the show. You, you had not done that with your wife's right. iPhone, correct? Right. Okay. Exactly. Um, I know, but this, this is the thing that, you know, normally if uh, Apple had just released it and it just wiped out your applications, most of these applications, as people know that have done it, it's really easy to reload the device. But what's really the killer here is that you can't do it again. That's the thing. 
You know, just reloading apps is, is no big deal. They're so easy to load, but, you know, Apple's really cracked down. And I, I, I assume this is going to be a cat and mouse game going on for a while now between the hackers and Apple. Well, it's it's go. That's that's what's just kind of so silly about it is that is exactly what it's going to be. Is it's you know they're gonna they're gonna work on creating another program that allows you to get in and and load your apps through iInstaller again, and 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 everything will be great, I guess. And then the, and with the next update, it'll probably wipe it out again, and they'll have to figure out how to do it again. But I think the more serious issue is for the folks that have unlocked their phones. You're not able to get back in there now unless you have a. Um, a, a SIM card that's activated with AT&T. Now, if you are listening to this show and somehow you have just been out of the loop and you haven't figured this out and you've got software 1.0.2 on there, don't upgrade if you're out of the country because you're going to have to have a, a SIM card or at least wait until they figure out how to do it yeah, on AT&T in order to, to get your phone working again. Um, there was a video over on, uh, I think it was Gizmodo, where they were showing, they actually showed the person uh, went through this process with a T-Mobile SIM card and it comes up to a screen and it says basically the SIM card inserted does not appear to be a supported AT&T SIM card and um, basically you're screwed. Um, right. For lack of, yeah, yeah, there's been <laughs> several articles on, on the net trying to uh, show people how to actually uh, dump the upgrade and, and uh, go back to 1.02. Yeah, the the downgrade, so yeah, to speak. Yeah, the downgrade, exactly. Uh, it's that's I mean, you know, it's it's a it's a two sides of the table on this one. If you're an AT and T customer, and if you haven't done much as far as installing applications, it's probably not a big deal for you. In fact, you're getting some some additional things added on, and it's probably really great. Um, on the flip side, if you are not an AT and T customer using the phone, and and you probably don't want for any reason to up to do this upgrade at this point. Um, I, I don't see I, I don't see anything at least for the next couple of maybe days or at least a week before someone breaks through this to figure out how they're going to be able to unlock it again. I mean, it took yeah. them what two and a half months the first time. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I, on one end of the spectrum, I gotta commend Apple because you know they've they've been pumping out the updates. I mean, some small updates, some some big. This is one of the bigger updates, and they've been relatively painless. I mean, anybody who owns any other type of device and upgrades it knows that you know the upgrade process can be painful at times. Apple has made it a really unpainful uh, process, so it, it's just it's just amazing. I gotta credit them for that. Yeah. So, you know, Joey, you're being kind of quiet on this one. What kind of, what thoughts do you have on this one? Well, I, you know what? I, I actually, I don't feel sorry for anybody who's hacked their iPhone. I, I feel sorry for the, the people who want it and can't buy it because they're on a different, you know, in a different country or a, on a different service. But again, I have no sympathy for the people who have unlocked it and are now, you know, inconvenienced by this because it's been threatened the whole time. And anybody, you know, who knows well enough that you're really hacking into this that you're going to expect this to be broken at some point. So just, yeah, I'd stop the whining for the, you know, for all the people online who are you know, annoyed by this, but <laughs> you know, you, you know what yeah, you're getting into when you bought this thing. That's, that's exactly. all, that's all I can say. That's right. I agree. It's the, uh, the Arnold Schwarzenegger. Stop whining. There are plenty <laughs> of unlocked phones that are very good that are out there. Yeah, Absolutely. Well, real quick before we hop off of that, the iPhone um, is also now supporting MP3 and uh, Wave attachments. So if you're someone who either, I don't know, emails yourself MP3s or has voicemails emailed to them when you uh, through your 
voicemail system at work or whether it's an online-based system, uh, you're able to download and listen to them on the iPhone now, which I think is a great upgrade. Um, I know I would have had an issue with that because I do, for this show, listen to all the attachments that come through on my BlackBerry. So just wanted to throw that one in there too. So the, um, the question then becomes... With everything that's been going on with this, is Apple actually violating um, the what's called the Meg, uh, Magnuson-Moss Act, which is a warranty act that goes way back into 1975, and it governs warranties on consumer products. And it has a lot, a lot of different definitions and a lot of different interpretations. And I, I think there's, 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 you guys both have kind of different, very, or at least varying opinions on this one. Um, so Jerry, what, what, what is your thought on this? Because you're kind of saying you've, you're kind of thinking this is just doesn't really apply. It's kind of wishy-washy type thing. Well, I mean, you know, I, I, for the most part, I agree that you know you should be able to unlock your phone. It's your device. When once you get it out of the store, I mean, you should be able to do whatever you want with it. But you know, it, it's a, it, from what I've read on the so far on the internets, you know, is basically this uh, particular act doesn't hold much uh, water um, for reasons of you know, you know, Apple did uh, state that you know it's it the phone shouldn't be unlocked and it's under AT&T contract and you know anybody that went ahead and did it is uh, taking you know you know taking it into their own hands so um, like I said I mean <laughs> it's just to the point where you know you just you took it into your own hands and uh, it, for the software perspective I think that you know if you decide to jailbreak the device you could always reset it and bring it back if you have issues but if you go ahead and the hardware unlock it then you run into trouble sure well, and Joey, you brought this article up, and, and and what do you think about it? Do you think do you think they have there's some merit to it? Or I think there is some merit to it for sure. Just you know, just from uh, you know, kind of the history has shown this, especially in automobiles. Uh, back in the day, you weren't able to repair your vehicle at any place other than the dealer. Um, the law was changed to 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 make the the dealer accept the the vehicle warranty still if you took your car to get the oil changed at some other location as long as you had the receipts etc um I, you know i hope this will apply to here uh, or to you know to the iphone and my next my my further question is what happened with that uh, the copyright law that was passed late last year about unlocking phones you yeah know, how does that fit into this i think that's a more important question i thought they were all supposed to be unlockable Right off the bat, now I thought they weren't supposed to lock a phone down into into a carrier. You know, and, and I, I I guess that's the way I looked at it too. And I'm I'm wondering now if that was more of a you're supposed to quite frankly be able to unlock it, and the carrier or you know the manufacturer can't say anything about it, um, but they're still going to be shipping them locked. It, Without, you know, if they're going to be giving you a subsidy on it, I think they're going to continually want to keep them locked down to that network because otherwise you can just go and buy a phone from walk into any store, buy a phone and walk out and get a good deal on it. Now, maybe there's maybe there's something that's going to come through where we have, you know, you have that full retail price and you pay that price and it, and it comes unlocked when you do that. But if you want to get it, I, I don't know. And maybe I'm going in a completely wrong direction that that act was supposed to, you know, what that yeah. was, was supposed to I mean. I thought so too, but I guess uh, consumers just have to get, you know, more smart about this and vote more with their dollar, and you know, really start turning down these heavily um, supported phones by the carriers and and buy unlocked phones, 
and uh, you know with CDMA are really kind of uh, you know between a rock and a hard place because we we both know that technically they can be activated you know Verizon phones and Sprint phones could be activated on either network no problem I mean they're both completely compatible but mm-hmm. obviously they don't feel like activating them. All right, that's one area where the Europeans got over us, that's for sure. Oh, absolutely. Now, Jerry, when you got your Trio 750, did you, did you go through AT&T with it? I know you went through AT&T, but did you, did you sign a new contract to get the subsidized price yeah, on it? Yeah, I actually did. And uh, to me, it was worth it. You know, at the time, I was happy with singular service. Uh, don't ask me about that right now, but, uh, uh, you know, basically, uh, you know, I went ahead and signed it again and got the heavily subsidized price. Which, if I didn't wasn't able to get that price, then who knows uh, what I might have gone with, you know? So, sure, it, it's a, you know it's things that uh, you, you know consumers have to weigh in on, you know, and what's important to them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, guys, the uh, the next story here talking about um, you know subsidized phones and the uh, I guess we haven't really ever talked about a subsidized carrier um, because how how would that make sense? Well. There's a, a company over in the UK, and it's called Blick, is how it's pronounced, B-L-Y-K. And they launched this week their network, which is for 16 to 24-year-olds. And you're wondering, okay, well, how is it just for 16 to 24-year-olds? Well, it is ad-supported, and every month you get 43 minutes. Yes, not 430 minutes, 43 minutes, <laughs> and 217 text messages. I, I'm guessing the numbers have to do with the amount of revenues that they're getting. But they, um, the way that it works is basically you get, whenever you send a text message or receive a phone call, uh, there's some sort of advertisement that gets interjected in, um, in, in, in onto the phone. And so you're seeing up to six messages per day uh, from some of the brands that you like, apparently. Um, there's no contract assigned, and if you go over those minutes, it's 10, is it pence per text message or 15 pence per minute? Um, and I guess then it's only through when you're 24. So once you hit 24, or when, I guess once you hit 25, um, the service deactivates itself, which is, uh, you know, okay. Um, I understand convenient. where they're going. Yeah, <laughs> yeah nice <laughs> convenient. Uh, I forgot to uh, switch my cell phone service because I turned 25 today. Um, <laughs> anyway, but you know, what, a, what an intriguing concept. And I'm guessing um, you know, some of our UK listeners will, will have something to say about this because the, the way that this, is, that this is going is, I think, towards a, a setup where if, if it takes off, the number of minutes will rise, the number of text messages will rise, but also the number of ads will also go up as well. Mm. And I wouldn't, I don't, I wouldn't be comfortable with this. But when you're looking at the demographic that they're go- gearing itself towards, it's through for teenagers who probably don't have jobs because they're in school, and college students who may have jobs but don't have a lot of money because they're paying to go to college, and then you know, new to the workforce people. So I think it's got potential. What do you think? Kind of reminds me of net zero. (laughs) (laughs) You you get your internet, but you have to have like banners up and all that stuff. Uh, I don't know. I I, I don't know if, I mean, for the target market and and the limited amount of minutes offered by this plan, I I don't know. It, it, It just, something doesn't sound right to me. Yeah, it's cheesy. It's so cheesy. I, I mean, <laughs> unless it had 218 text messages, it's not for me. So, <laughs> <laughs> so it's it's not quite there for you. Uh, no, just by one. <laughs> just All by I needed <laughs> one more, one more text message. 
the 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 prices on the phones you have to buy the phone um are not too bad uh, you can do this the sony ericsson w uh 200 which is that's one of their walkman phones right joe i think that's i uh, think so i think so yeah anyway um 84 pounds so what's that about 150 bucks ish razor's the same price and you there's a nokia in there too uh, they're they're okay they don't have a lot of them but um you know t- just some you know for options anyway i i thought it was uh I thought it was an interesting story, nonetheless. Definitely cell phone related, and it, it, it there. I suppose there's potential for the U.S. To, to get some of these on some of those NVNOs. They may try this business model, and it may work. Who knows? But uh, Joe, <laughs> if there's any NVNOs left, <laughs> like I said, they need to try a new business strategy. For it. <laughs> oh, yeah, we'll get to that one in just a second here. But first, the. Uh, uh, the story here from the Star Tribune is a great one that, Joe, you got. The um, the Attorney General, Lori Swanson, has accused Sprint of extending customer contracts without uh, the informed consent of those customers. And while the, there's not too many specifics about this, she's acting on complaints that say that the, the customers of Sprint were threatened with $200 cancellation fees for trying to get out of their contracts that they thought had actually expired and, and really hadn't. Um, $25,000 per incident is what Swanson is seeking. And it's, um, I think it may have a little bit of merit because what it sounds like basically is if you're, if you're making changes to your plan that are not material that, and I I don't know what that could be. Maybe let's just say cell phone or cell phone, uh, text messages, or maybe adding data, removing data. They're saying, well, that's fine. And then just upping your contract for two years. And I don't know, maybe quotas, or if it's just you know they get they get additional bonuses for the number of contracts they upgrade or not. But um, have you, Joey, have you heard anything else about this in there other than this article or up there? No, I should this, say this is the only thing I found so far, and I hadn't heard about it in any other outlet yet. Um, I, I can give you my personal experience. They did the same thing to me. I actually tried to cover my bases when I uh, was making a change to my phone number because I moved from Phoenix to. Minneapolis up here and I I kept calling them and asking different representatives w- whether this would affect my contract and 75% of them said no but the other 25% said oh yeah this will extend your contract you have no choice you can keep your plan but you have to then up your contract and I didn't want to lose my retention plan or have a new contract so I you know then the, I thought okay well I can risk this because I've got a pretty good percentage and the next uh, rep I talked to said oh no this won't be a contract uh, you know extender and sure enough um, you know checked my account a few days later showed I had two more years on my contract and I was uh, pretty upset um, luckily they didn't hold me to the contract because they never collected my uh, you, know, s- you know verbal signed contract recording because obviously the rep I talked to didn't think that was uh, necessary. So it just just annoying and bizarre because I had to then call them back and deal with the whole issue. Well, now they've got the, when you sign up for a new contract, if you do it over the phone, they play that greeting for you. And that, that's what she was saying that they didn't do, right? Exactly. And she's like, boy, there's no record of this here. I can't find the record. I'm like, uh, no, they didn't do it. He told me I didn't need a contract. Well, there's no record of you signing the contract. That's really bizarre. That should be here. I'm looking really hard for it. I'm like, it's not there. It, it, it was... Oh, it's that, frustrating. It is. Yeah. Well, I hope, I hope they win. I hope they win and they put this in the, you know, alter the contract terms and adequate disclosure, all this. 
Yeah, it's. I, I think it, it definitely, if you know, if she's getting complaints um, from hundreds is what it says, there's obviously some merit to it. And, um, you know, from your experience, too, it's, that's, that's one of those where we'll, we'll keep following that one because we'll see what happens with that because that, that will spread from just a, a local, you know, Minneapolis issue to a, a national one if that, if that gets out there. I like how one of the persons who had a problem, uh, her quote is, I'd love to give their CEO a big swift boot in the patootie. <laughs> <laughs> if, if that's not the, uh, the Minnesota coming out, I don't know what it is. <laughs> but that's pretty good. Well, for all the fans out there, and um, I know this is especially Matt, um, had, we, has talked about this on, on past shows. Disney Mobile um, is going to be no longer. They have decided that effective December 31st, 2007, they'll be ceasing their wireless operations and um, just didn't sell enough and didn't have enough people on the network to support it. And, you know, this is this is where the, the joking came from, if, if there's any MVNOs left, because, you know, we've seen mobile ESPN, you know, go away and now Disney Mobile. And um, I haven't heard much recently from Boost. I think they're still around, but... Ooh. I don't know. <laughs> Boost Mobile that used to be on Nextel. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. They're just they seem to they seem to be kind of falling falling short of of being able to make it. So uh, maybe the business models need to be relooked at because they're they're not not working out real well. It, it never made sense to me. I mean, I, I the Virgin Mobile did because that's obviously that's a Sprint NVNO, but that's a completely different business model than you know a Sprint contract. That made sense to me, but. All these others just didn't. Yeah. Well, and Amped. Amped is... Well, yeah. I mean, they're just... All of them. I mean, they're just... Yeah. You know, this whole, let's maybe add some multimedia stuff that'll make people excited. It doesn't work. You know, it's... People are are not going to choose a carrier for that type of thing. It's just... It's not working. So... Well, I'm not going to condone this next one here, but I did feel worth mentioning... Um, if you're outside of the United States and you're interested, and I don't even know what countries this would be legal in, you're interested in having uh, your the phone calls that could potentially be going on around you jammed, there is a uh, a new cell phone jammer that is out there on the market. And, and um, as Jerry pointed out, that could be the competitor to the cell phone junkie, be the, <laughs> the cell phone jammer podcast. Anyway, uh, $166, and it looks about the size of, oh, I don't know, Maybe a StarTac folded up about something like that, and it um, it's powerful enough to for a thirty foot radius, and it uh, basically causes GSM calls to be dropped or not able to be processed. And uh, I guess you know types of places like in a subway or a movie theater um, inside maybe a room of your house or something like that. But like I said, we would never condone this. These are not legal in the United States. Apparently, somehow they're available for purchase here um, through the. Um, uh, Brando.com website, which is out of the uh, excuse me, Hong Kong. So, anyway, just uh, something something out there. Now, Jerry, the uh, the HS UPA network is going to be coming to AT and T soon, and yeah, it's exciting in that um, <laughs> they're going to be increasing the upload speeds to the network, and um, hopefully by the end of 2008 is when they'll have their entire network upgraded to 3G. 
But you had a great point that um, why why are they working on this or talking about this when they haven't even been able to get their HSDPA network upgraded? Oh, or it's even- so it's so frustrating. I mean, look, I mean, I'm, I'm in New York City, and and for for the most part, New York City is covered pretty well. Um, you know, in Manhattan and and some of the surrounding areas. Um, but you know, I'm just surprised at this point in time how slowly uh, they're getting out this network to to the multitudes out there, and, and it just goes beyond me. I mean, they're they're focusing in on upgrading what they already have instead of getting it out to more people, and, and that just I don't understand it. Well, you know, and I think the people who have the HSDPA are going to be excited about this. But mm-hmm. you bring up a great point. What is you know, are, do you even have UMTS in your area now? Or are you still well, in? I'm I'm about five minutes away from a, a 3G pickup. So, like when I commute to work, um, I take a bus in into Manhattan, and I have to wait at least three to five minutes to get into an area that's close enough. Now, you know, like I don't understand why they have not been able to push this signal out uh, further than it already is. It's already been like two or three years. You know what what is going on here, and why? You know, in the, one of the biggest markets in the United States, I, I still can go out to certain areas and still not get a, a high-speed signal. You know, yeah, that's it. Doesn't seem quite right. And I, if a, if AT and T really wants to make their their high-speed data network catch on, in fact, I was I was talking about this yesterday, and and I don't want to get too far off the topic, but. Um, with Edward from MS Mobiles on his podcast, and we were saying how HSDPA, the 3.5G networks, are really not that popular here in um, in the U.S. yet, number one, because AT&T is really the only one that has it, number one. Number two, uh, it's not as robust, it's not as built out as the the uh, the EVDO networks are. So exactly. you go with... With like a with a Verizon, you know I'm in Phoenix. We've got six million people here. Obviously, we've got both EVDO and HSDPA. But I drive a hundred miles north of here. Not even a hundred miles. Maybe about a hundred miles north of here. There's a little town called Prescott, Arizona, and it's kind of like the halfway point between Phoenix and Flagstaff for those that are familiar with it. And um, they've got EVDO, but they're still in the the edge ages when it comes to AT and T. Now, explain to me. Why a town of thirty thousand has EVDO coverage but doesn't have um, HSDPA? I don't get it. You know, if if they're if they want to make this popular and they want people to sign up for it, that's where it's going to have to be. Is they're going to have to get this rolled out to the, a bigger a bigger area where people are going to be. You know, and once we get to that point, yeah, now let's start talking about upgrades. You know, exactly. I agree. So. Um, anyway, I don't, uh, don't want to get off too much on that one, but, um, any, any thoughts on that one, Joey, before we move on to some of our devices here? Well, the data, I mean, it seems like their, their data networks are just in mass confusion. I mean, T-Mobile just kind of sitting and watching what's happening. Um, I know we had a story last week about Verizon thinking about, you know, changing their kind of technology to a, a you know, an even faster or a different high speed. Uh, it, it's, it's pretty interesting. I mean, it seems like they really don't know which direction they want to go, and they're they're kind of jumping into these you know new technologies like you know the HSDPA. But oh wait a minute, let's do HSUPA. Um, but well, we're still kind of getting our edge working over here, and uh, um, <laughs> let's see here. Uh, exactly. Do we actually have? Um, oh, do we? But we don't have any phones that use this yet. So why do we do that? You know, why should we bother? Right? Yeah. It's. I mean, there's no real clear strategy, and there's no obviously consistency in this either. 
don't even get started on T-Mobile and their, <laughs> you know, their, their excuse, and, and it may be valid, is that they're, you know, they're still waiting for the government to clear off the, the frequencies that, that they're going to potentially take over in uh, 1700 megahertz. But, I mean, we're closely coming or shortly coming up here on the 700 megahertz auction of the old um, UHF channels. And at that point, um, what's going to happen? You know, these these carriers like Verizon and AT and T are going to be, you know, jumping leaps and bounds as far as you know ahead of them, and they're they're still sitting there on a what I would call a, a mediocre edge network. You know, at least AT and T has taken taken the time to you know to tweak it a little bit so it works well. But oof, yeah. Well, this uh, this next one here, jumping into devices here, um, Jerry. I want I want you to talk a little bit about this because this was a great one. You, you sent this one over to me, uh, I think last Monday it was, and this is the the i seven sixty, and that is the new slide out. Um, it's got the the twelve key keypad on the front of it. It's got the slide out QWERTY keyboard inside, coming out to, for Verizon here, and um, the story comes to it's actually a a. a forum post from uh, w, uh, windowsmobileexperts.com mm-hmm. wmexperts.com and this guy said he had it for less than 48 hours what were some of his concerns on this well i mean you know this this phone came with a lot of hype um, it looked like a pretty neat phone uh, as far as the implementation of the uh, the keypad on the the front and this slide out keyboard and of course it's a samsung phone but um, apparently, uh, this gentleman uh, had it for what 48 hours, and he had a list of complaints, and some of them are are pretty uh, pretty valid, I would say. I mean, uh, some of the things he didn't like was that uh, he had to switch the phone on, pressing the button on the top. Now, anybody that has a Windows Mobile device knows that you can press basically the phone buttons or any other button to turn the device on, um, and and have your phone ready to go. But here, you have to press the the, the the top. I mean, that's uh, kind of kills one-handed uh, use, don't you think, fellas? <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. There's, there's, there, there's no reason for that. And I'm, and my, my question to him is, is or to the this writer was, what has he, has he gone in? Has he looked at? Because I know when you, you can actually, you know, adjust um, if, if that's the only button that works or not. So, um, but more than that, talking about these keys here, that Senate end keys that are on the side, and I'd mentioned this before, I think that yes, uh, you did. Yeah, it's they look very easy to hit, and he said he he said they were very easy to accidentally hit during a call. Right. Um. You know, so that was a difficult one. But well, what else did he have here? Yeah. Uh, let's see. Uh, placement of the start and OK keys. Um, he used a uh, a word that we probably can't use on on the air. <laughs> uh, in other words, they're pretty bad. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, just it sounds like a lot of uh, nitpicking things, but nitpicking to the point of where it just sounds like an awkward phone to use because of the way things are positioned on the device. Um, and you know, it, it, one of the the, the one of the the selling points of a of a Windows mobile device is you know being able to use it one handed or whatever and basically using it conveniently i mean that really is the selling point of some of these devices and it just sounds like it 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 just doesn't make the cut here hmm uh, the uh the lack of ability to uh text message with a t nine text messaging um protocol uh from the front screen you know that's you can only do a b c text input which that's you know that's pretty um, pretty sad you know in this day and age that you know they couldn't even include that. Right. I guess it's Windows Mobile, so very much an oversight. But. Well, if the T9 was anything like it is on my Samsung uh, Palm phone, 
it includes about I think the dictionary may have about maybe 50 words in it. So <laughs> yeah. um, I've tried turning it on twice and it was worthless. So they probably just left it out because they maybe haven't figured it out yet. Hmm. <laughs> Too bad. Well, yeah. uh, well, from one Samsung to another here, the i780 is uh, is looking like it's going to be more of a reality than than um, what we've seen in the past here. Uh, the the i780 is what I would consider, and a lot of people are calling it, um, the Blackjack Two. And what, from the form factor, it's about the same. It has mm-hmm. obviously a um, it's a, a candy bar style phone. But what makes this one different is it has the Windows Mobile Six. Um, what do they call it? The Professional on it. Yes. So you Mobile Professional. Yep. So you've got the full touch screen on it. Uh, it has a uh, 3.2 megapixel camera, which is a fantastic upgrade from where you, what you've had in the past. But it also has a pretty neat little, uh, I guess, I want to call it a mouse, but it's not really a mouse. It's a cursor that goes around the screen that you're able to use a um, the D-pad in the middle to to use an optical mouse, I guess is what they're calling it on here, yeah. for on-screen pointer. It's neat, mm-hmm. very neat. Actually, uh, HP uh, had tried something very similar on their 4700 iPacks uh, a couple of years ago. So it would be real interesting to see how uh, Samsung has either improved upon it or a lot of mixed reviews uh, online about uh, that particular functionality. So it would be interesting to see if Samsung did improve uh, that kind of feature. But included Wi-Fi uh, and also GPS. So yep. this is, I mean, that's a pretty, uh, pretty smoking phone there. But unfortunately, it is not a United States phone. No. Oh, it, oh, it isn't. Oh, okay. No. no. It's got yeah. It's it's just a, a tri-band uh, with the uh, 2.1 for the uh, HSDPA, I guess. So unfortunately, not yet. If anybody from Samsung is listening, get this phone quad band and get it here fast because I need a new device. <laughs> <laughs> Very nice. Well. <laughs> We've bugged him in the past, and I don't think he's going to uh, switch, but we, I'm going to bug him again about it. <laughs> Mr. Joey, a new yes. Palm phone came out this week. What now, you th- this, I, I, you know, this one's interesting <laughs> me. You know, I, I've got some interest here. I, no, The price is on. right. Uh, I'm not going to spend the $399 to buy it from Palm directly quite yet, because I do not uh, want to extend my contract, but uh, they'll be coming up on eBay here uh, hopefully shortly. <laughs> We're talking about the Palm Centro, and there was a, a press conference on, I think it was Thursday, where uh, Palm came out and said, uh, announced the device, and the, the, the biggest feature of it, and th- this is the same Centro we've been talking about for a while, um, but the, the not, not feature, but the best thing that they said about it was it's $99. And anyone who's looking for any sort of smartphone device knows that $99 is very cheap. Uh, It's got a touchscreen, 320 by 320 touchscreen, runs the Palm OS 5. It's going to be exclusively on Sprint, I think I saw three months, and uh, running the EVDO high-speed network. Has a mm-hmm. 1.3 megapixel camera, uh, removable battery, micro SD card up to four gigabytes, so you can um, you can put your music, your videos, pictures, any and all that good stuff on it. And comes in two colors, ruby and onyx. <laughs> oh boy! But, uh, oh boy! But you know what? It's it's kind of it looks like a, a lot like a 680. Am I am I right? A small 680. A small 680. Yeah, the keyboard is significantly smaller, but not to the point where it's um, unusable. 
No, no, well, no, definitely not. Yeah, and and that's what I like about this device. It's actually a it's it's just a a little bit bigger than my current flip phone. Um, it, it's the same size if I include the the antenna in on my phone. So it's the same dimensions all around. So it, so in that regard, I can put it in my pocket. Um, I like that about it. I mean, I like the fact that it's got a, obviously a bunch of upgrades, but um, it has the direct push email for Microsoft, so I could actually use that because I have Exchange servers, home and work. So that would that would uh, be an improvement for me. Uh, Google Maps application is obviously very nice. So at that price, that would be uh, to me that's something I'm I'm gonna I'm going to go look at. Yeah, see, the, but that's the thing, at, and you said it right there. The price, other than the price. There is nothing really special about this phone that hasn't been done oh. before. Oh, a absolutely not. A little bit smaller, you know, it, it, but not small enough to the point where people are saying, wow, this stuff, you know, that's, that's small. I mean, <laughs> it's, it's, it's a little bit thinner than a, a Trio 680 or a My 750 that I have. You know, I, I think Palm, it, I don't know. It's just, I'm at the point where Palm, and a lot of people are actually, they, they need to do something and they need to do it fast. And I, I don't know what their options are right now uh, because of the fact with Linux and, and what's going on with that. But for the target market, I, I don't know if this is how well this is going to do. Mick, what do you think I, about it? Uh, I, I liked it because it, it's bringing a, a, different, a different price point, and that's, that's really for me, where I think they excel. But you know, with the price point, I mean, wasn't uh, somebody selling blackjacks for, for $99 or even giving them away for free oh, rather it, recently? Yeah, absolutely. And the, the queues are going for $99 as well. Right. They, exactly. Well, they were. I think they're back up again, aren't they? I, I, I don't think they're, you can get them for under 200 all of a sudden again. But hmm. uh, they were that, they, yes, they were that price. Um, and this may go nowhere. That's very true. But it is a different device. I mean, it is smaller, but yeah, it may go nowhere. Who knows? I'd, it's tough to say, but I agree with you fully that Palm is just, what are they doing? I know Mickey and I, we've talked about this every, every episode almost. It, it, it's, and guys, it's just, when you do it's talk horrible about what they've it. done. <laughs> exactly. What was that, Jerry? You are saying no, when I was just talk? saying, every time you guys do talk about it, I'm sitting on the commute going, yep, yep, <laughs> yep. <laughs> Well, you know, I'll, I'll just I'll, I'll end it with this. I think I think the that Palm has has made a good decision to come out with a, a lower uh, priced phone to get to to get into the market for people who are looking for a lower priced phone. Uh, we did verify that you can still get the Power Vision for fifteen bucks, so you can add on the data plan for relatively cheaply compared to some of the other guys. Uh, but at the same time, it's it's gonna it's gonna be good. They're gonna have maybe through sprints exclusive where it's gonna be popular, and then I think it's just gonna kind of die off. And I don't think it's gonna go anywhere after that. It could be, but you know what? You know, I want to kind of go back to that price issue. I'm not looking at the price of the, this. That's not the decision why I think I I kind of like this device. For me, it's more so the size. It is a smaller device, and, mm-hmm. and I, I want to keep a phone in my pocket. And you know, that's why I'm always you know hardcore flip phone, but. This is small enough where I could actually put it in my pocket. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Well, the um, the next couple of here just want to breeze through real quick. the The first one here, uh, Verizon has um, has put out a, a, a page on their site that has has now I guess outed four new devices. One is the or the they are the Samsung Juke, the 
BlackBerry Pearl, the LG Venus, and the LG Voyager. And it uh, looks like we're going to probably see uh, an arrival to the market on all of these devices uh, relatively soon. Um, the, the Juke, just for a perspective, is the name for the U470 that uh, was was, I guess, out um, on the FCC a couple of weeks back. It's got two gigabytes of storage with A2DP Bluetooth and a 1.3 megapixel camera. Uh, the Pearl is looks like the next iteration of the uh, the BlackBerry Pearl for Verizon. The, uh, it comes with a two megapixel camera in it, A2DP and a 3.5 millimeter audio jack, which is a smart move because I one of the things I will never get used to is a 2.5 millimeter jack on a phone. Anyway, um, and then the uh, the dual screen Venus, uh, which is a slider phone, also known as the VX8800. And uh, then finally, the LG Voyager, which is known as the VX10,000. And that's got a large external touchscreen and a, um, a lateral clamshell. So you open it up to reveal a QWERTY keyboard and uh, another pretty decent sized screen from the inside, I guess. So... We'll uh, we'll see when those come out. Probably get some get some people that'll go through using them, testing them, and uh, probably get some get some more input on those. Uh, the next one here is the HTC uh, Sliding Touch or the Touch Slide. I don't I don't know how this is exactly um, named, but it's it's what previously was known as the HTC Nike, which is the the Touch. So um, the Touch so it runs Windows Mobile six, which the Touch with Touch Flow technology. And it's got a, uh, a slide-out keyboard from underneath, but it's different. It's got the 12-key keypad uh, with uh, another row on either side of that keypad. So, Jerry, Mr. Windows Mobile, is, uh, <laughs> is, the, is the touch or the, the, with the touch flow and, and, and all that fancy, I guess, what I would call just fancy cover on top fancy of just regular, yeah, regular old Windows Mobile 6. Is this yep. worth it? You know? Well, it, it all depends. I mean, you know, from what I've experienced uh, online is a lot of people with the touch flow, you know, it's cool the couple, first couple of times they use it, but then, you know, they fall back into their various, uh, um, you know, what they use, how they usually use Windows Mobile, you know, and stuff like that. So, but uh, for people that are looking to break in, you know, to Windows Mobile and are a little bit intimidated by the the basic interface of Windows Mobile, you know, yeah, it's it's a good way to interact with the device. As I've said many times before, um, I think it's touch flow is nice, but it's rather incomplete. We're meaning that, and it's not HEC's fault. Um, it, you know, it needs to be uh, implemented fully throughout the whole operating system, rather than just launching programs and, and such. Until we get to that point, it's really not you know anything besides just the launcher. And, and things of that nature. So, but as far as the device is concerned, it looks like a real nice device. So, um, one of the, the great things about the the original Touch was how small it was. Um, obviously, this device is a little bit bigger, obviously to accommodate the slide out, key, you know, keypad. Um, but uh, supposedly a little bit better, a little bit faster processor, some 3G. I think uh, HTC might have a winner on their hands. Mm-hmm. I, I agree with that. I think the I think the keypad really is the is the key to it. I, I, I would never have considered this before. I would have a, a very hard time not having a regular keypad um, to use. And it's, it's a, it's, it's a mini one, you know, it's, I don't, mm-hmm. I know, I know they can't use the name, but it's kind of like the sure type keypad of the right. blackberries. And so that kind of gives you an idea, five keys across and uh, four uh, vertically. So it's, uh, you know, it's, it's there. It's hopefully we'll, we'll see some more of this guy. Right. And um, you know maybe on some of the the channels that 
that we can find it on to, to purchase it too soon. What I actually like about these uh, these devices coming out from HTC, um, especially the the touch form factor, is the uh, non beveled screens. So that what that means is the screen is actually flush mm-hmm. uh, with the rest of the device, making a a heck of a lot easier to use your finger and and the way the touch screens are to uh, press b- certain buttons or whatever. It the screen can actually tell the difference uh, by using the base of your finger or your fingertip. So it makes it a heck of a lot easier to use Windows Mobile just for by using your hand. Well, the uh, I know exactly where you're going with that one. That's like hitting the calendar and contacts buttons. Yeah, right. About, exactly. Oh, those, <laughs> so hard to get with your finger. You sometimes you hit the you know whatever's on your today screen and you know, uh, launch it, and you're like ah ah. <laughs> oh, I never mind trying to touch the uh, little X in the corner there. Yeah, <laughs> close your applications too. Ex- oh, exactly, exactly. <laughs> Well, real quick here, just wanted to mention it. Um, we don't talk a lot about them, but the Sidekick has come out with a new luxury model. It's the Sidekick LX, and it has a uh, screen with twice the resolution over the Sidekick 3, and it will be available online on October 17th for $300 with a two-year contract from T-Mobile. The um, uh, Apart from, you know, some... the 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 features or the um, the upgrades that it has to it, uh, along with the screen, include it's a little bit thinner and a little bit more elegant styling on it. So um, I don't know, guys. I don't I don't have a whole lot of uh, interest in them, but uh, the Sidekick is I know very much has a cult following among the people who have it. Yeah, they certainly do. I I I, I don't understand it myself, but I know they're they're quick and easy to use, and that's probably why. Mm-hmm. Yep. And uh, on the uh, on the software side, not to what a terrible transition that was. Um, <laughs> <laughs> on the software side of things, here the uh, the Sling Player has is now available for the Nokia N95, and it is um, looks like going to be the same as as the rest of the Windows Mobile uh, clients are at their thirty dollars price point, and you can now use it on any Series sixty device, which is what the Nokia N ninety five uses. So I know the Nokia folks are happy about that one. Um, can't Those wait. Three G to... devices uh, on the new ones. They are on the okay. new Nokia N ninety fives. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. They they came out the uh, on the older ones. You would probably have some issues with with streaming your TV. It still works on Edge. I know you've done that before, but Oy. yeah. <laughs> Actually, to to be honest with you, if you have a Sling and you still have an Edge, what I find works is if you go to audio only. But it defeats the purpose of having a Sling box. But if you like me and you like to listen to the ball games, uh, you can listen to at least the audio portion of it <laughs> via Edge. Now, have you ever tried the slideshow version? Where no, I never tried that. That's that's okay. At least it, it reminds me of. Um, 1999 Sprint's um, TV, <laughs> where it's like uh, it's like one frame per second, um, or something like that. I mean, it's or maybe even less than that. But what it does is it it obviously uses a lot less bandwidth, so right. it, it's essentially just the audio. <laughs> I would go uh, I would go audio only. That would frustrate the heck out of me yeah. trying to watch that. That just that would that would make me bonkers. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, on to some questions and comments here. First one comes to us from Craig, and he says, You guys seem to really dance around the issue of the Verizon story last week. Uh, For once in the United States, we have the possibility of every carrier using the same technology. Hopefully, carriers will have a 
have decent roaming policies in place so that we can all benefit from this move and other CDMA carriers make a similar move. I traveled over to Italy a few years ago and was amazed by the ubiquity of the GSM coverage then. I know there are other issues in the U.S. preventing that kind of coverage, but I believe nothing um, that not having compatible technology has really been a big factor for that not happening here. Well, Craig, uh, I, I do agree with you on that, but at the same time, um, I, I do want to say the caveat that, and the reason why we did kind of dance around the issue is that what we were talking about specifically, obviously, was the LTE uh, upgrade to uh, for the data. So it would be instead of transitioning over to an EVDO, um, another revision of EVDO would be changing over to a GSM standard. Uh, they're not saying that they're transitioning over the voice over to that yet. Now you can maybe read between the lines that that may be a possibility. Um, but Joey, I don't know, maybe do you want to elaborate on that a little bit more? If there's anything else that, um, you know, I mean, I, anything is possible. Um, maybe, but if you look at it a different way though, Verizon sitting there right now where they're at, they like where they're at. They've got all the technology implemented right now for CDMA and, what they're doing is looking to the future and say, we need data. We need faster data, and we need it cheaper. What, what will give us that outcome? They find LTE. That gives them the cheapest thing. Nowhere in that plan, I'm sure, is, well, someday we can switch over to GSM Voice to save money. No, that's, that's going to cost them a fortune. So, Billions. Exactly. Yeah. So I, I would say that, I mean, yes, that's, obviously that's possible, but not likely at this point that it's in the works. Yeah, yeah. Well, comment here from John. He says, first, let me say that I'm the same John that traded some emails prior uh, about the iPhone. At this time, or at the time, I was largely pointing out the negatives. You spent a good portion of a podcast talking about the points I made. Well, I tried it at an Apple store and became a believer after the price drop, uh, but that's not the story. I was just listening to your current podcast as you discuss discussed Apple's pro-consumer policy in helping an AT&T purchaser of the iPhone. I've got another story with a happy ending. I purchased my iPhone at an Apple store, got it set up, and was using it that night. The next morning, I looked at it, and it said, no service. I called AT&T, and they said to come, they said, uh, come back and said this, the service was fine in my area and to bring it to the phone to an AT&T store to check the SIM. Went to an AT&T store on Staten Island, uh, which has an, also has an Apple store. The AT&T service person said that he could not open the phone and suggested I go back to Apple. I went to the Apple store and pointed out the problem. They first attempted to restore... Uh, uh, attempted a restore of the original ROM. When that did not work, they removed the SIM card and placed it in a brand new iPhone. Came up like a charm. Turned out that the first phone was defective. Here's the kicker, though. After he gave me the new box, I handed the service person the original box with the dock USB charger, um, USB cord, charger, and headphones, and he said all that he wanted back was the iPhone itself. Uh, I later looked on the Apple site and found out that he had given me the equivalent of eighty dollars. Uh, the dock and the charger uh, is priced at fifty, and the headphones are thirty. So, what turned out to be a very bad impression uh, with Apple turned out to be an extremely positive one. So, um, great story there from John. Thank you very much for sending that in. Yeah, that's good to hear. Yeah, absolutely. It's 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 good to hear. Um, for a device that expensive, it's it's great that people are getting good service. And I know it seems like Apple does usually uh, take care of their customers pretty well. Hmm. They, and, and you know I I can't I won't go into too many details but had a um, an issue where I had purchased my my MacBook Pro um, right at the time where they were releasing the new Santa Rosa models and was able to um, work with one of the managers there uh, to get to get basically um, to get the newest model so very very happy with the the way they've um, been able to accommodate me as well. 
Comment here from Craig. He said, just wanted to let you know that 69 was a, uh, show number 69 was a great show. Um, but the phone that has the iTunes with Motorola was the Motorola Razor V3i, the iTunes version. Um, and it could fit 100 songs on the five, with the 512 megabyte micro SD. With a larger card, it would have meant more songs. Um, I had this phone for a while and when I was with Singler, and it was nice. Well, I'm going to go as far as to say, yes, I know that phone did that as well, but there was also a rocker phone, and hence the reason they called it the rocker, uh, because you could rock out with the phone. And that was that was back a few years ago. And so we, in fact, were talking about an older phone. But we digress. Um, anyway, he, sa- he goes on to say, with Sprint's new Pick 3 service, you can pick three favorite numbers to have um, on your plan to call unlimitedly for either um, the fee of $5 for, or for free, depending on um, what you had with the Sprint to home service. It's just an upgrade path for all those who had the Sprint to home um, on the P2K billing system, which is being transferred to a newer ensemble platform. Uh, but you must call Sprint Retentions to request the upgrade. This is how it was explained to me by Sprint Retentions rep. Uh, and you don't have to have, and if you don't have Sprint to home, then for now, it's it's just a retention deal, and they plan to advertise in the beginning of 2008 as a feature offering. Then everyone uh, will be on the new ensemble billing platform. So, interesting. Uh, question then from Craig. He goes on to say, also, with Sprint's new Air AirRave, they allow you to plug in your router to a DSL cable connection and make calls via the router. It also broadcasts a CDMA signal so that you can use any Sprint phone with it, correct? Uh, that's awesome. And yes, that is correct. That's how we understand it at this point. Uh, now, I was thinking, if you purchase the device, uh, could you by chance use the box in an area that is roaming or has no service for Sprint? Uh, to have a makeshift service in your house or property would be great, especially if you're constantly roaming inside a house where you don't have any service at all. It's an instant Sprint native connection. This also raises another question. Can you take this router to international locations, i.e. Canada, Europe, or other places, and use the AirRave internationally, making it so that you have Sprint native coverage using a foreign high-speed internet connection? If so, this would solve the problem of those high roaming rates, not having CDMA in Europe. Uh, and thus, you can make and receive domestic calls uh, using just your anytime plan minutes. And actually, it's unlimited anytime minutes is what it, it sounds like it was going to be, uh, well yeah. outside the United States via the AirRave. So maybe the $15 a month is worth it after all if the AirRave does above. Well, that brings up a very, very good point. And I, I think we all have our own comments on this because... Um, Number one, I think uh, in areas that Sprint doesn't have coverage, I think that's kind of part of the allure of it is that if you're in a, in a rural area that maybe Sprint either is a, has a roaming partner or doesn't have service, uh, you can instantly add service to it, um, to your house. Now, internationally, I have to imagine that there's going to be some sort of, uh, I, don't, I don't know if I want to say uh, restrictions with it, but maybe lack for a better term that is, um, Granted, how great would that be, guys, to be able to take it to a hotel room in London and make all your business calls essentially for free without having to pay long distance or whatever? I, I, I think nope. that would I think nope. that'd be great. Won't no? Work. Nope. I, I can't imagine it. You know why? Because it's not a revenue stream. So why would they allow it? But for $15 a month? No? Uh, I don't know. I, it, just, it just sounds too good to be true. It does. It does. I, I yes. This uh, all of his questions. They are technically po- technically possible. And if Sprint does not lock down, basically the the originating IP of wherever you're, you know, wherever you have this device connected. Yes, all these things are possible, and they all could work. And that would be spectacular. 
Um, but I, you know, I guess since the technology isn't even out there yet, and they, they, you know, it's probably not uh, final yet. Obviously, since they're only rolling it out in two markets, it remains to be seen whether or not they will lock down. You know, the originating IP to your hometown or your home house, whatever your billing account is. Um, you may have to register your IP, and that's the only one you can use on a domain or something. If you're on a you know, DHCP, who knows what they're going to do. But these things are possible, and that would be really cool. All right, so let me throw this one out then, just because we're talking about it. What about the T-Mobile one then? I mean, obviously, T-Mobile is allowing you to use any hotspot. Is it any hotspot in the U.S., you know, or is it any hotspot anywhere? I don't know. I don't know either. Yeah. Um, so I think that kind of falls along the same line. So uh, if, if you've actually had the opportunity with one of the T-Mobile um, hotspot at home phones to go to an international location or wherever, just any location that you could use it uh, that didn't have natively T-Mobile service, let us know. We'd love to hear about it. I'm going to see if I can do a little research on that and find out because that's a, that's a great option or question to, at least to, uh, you know, to, to contemplate. So, Well, a uh, question here from Ryan. He says, I had a chance to get a free 8525, which is the, um, uh, the AT&T uh, uh, version of the, the, Air, the Hermes or Hermes or however you pronounce it. Anyway, he says, I found out the LCD screen is faulty after reading some posts. It looks like this is a known error. I called HGC to see what the cost to fix the screen was. They said $175. Do you have another fix? Uh, right now, I have the 8125 and would really like to go with the 8525. Um, any ideas? Well, I... Um, one of the places that I know that does a great job with repairing screens or other issues with phones is Pocket PC Techs. And so if you go to the Pocket PC Techs site, and I'll put a link in the show notes here as well for it, the, uh, the Hermes touchscreen replacement is $120. And if it's actually an issue with the LCD on the inside where they have to replace that, uh, it goes up to $170. But what I will say is that, um, and, J- and Jerry, I know you can, um, you can back, this, back me up on this one, is that yep. Pocket PC Techs turns their, their phones around very, very quickly. And they do a great job and they have good service. So um, what's your experience been with them? Yeah, actually, I had um, when I had my uh, K Jam, I had the uh, unfortunate mishap to have the screen actually cracked in half, and uh, I was looking around. I I contacted uh, iMate uh, directly first to see if uh, you know they would uh, repair the device, and I didn't like their pricing, so I went over to Pocket PC Techs, sent it in. Uh, I would say within uh, I would say within a week, I got it back, and uh, I was really happy with their service. Um, real good experience. So if if uh, you're looking for some place to repair it, I highly recommend Pocket PC Techs. Hmm. Okay, very good. And like I said, I've I've known other people have used them as well. They seem to do a great job. So that would be a, a definite recommendation from us. A couple comments here from Jared. Uh, Jared's the uh, one of our weekly commentators. We love hearing from Jared. Um, he says uh, on texting while driving. Not only is there a problem with people chatting. Um, with text messaging, but it's also interesting how much more it gets marketed to you when you're in the radio industry. Um, I would say that at any given time, there are more people listening to the radio in their car uh, driving than listeners at work or at home. Now stations want you to text in your request or comments or to a short code or whatever. Uh, then it's the radio's ads um, wanting you to short code a texting 
for whatever the product is. I'm guilty as well, being a radio DJ myself. Um, I had a prepaid number and told people to Pixar message us um, in the studio showing us what they were doing, whether, whether it was where the party was at or whatever. Um, who knew I could be contributing to someone getting in an accident? I wonder if there are laws that will change how stuff gets promoted and if lawsuits will come down the road. Uh, and then he says, on iTunes, your guest was talking about the sliver that it had iTunes. Uh, come shortly after, uh, came shortly after the rocker. Not only were these phones a piece of junk capping out at 100 songs, but the processor could never allow you to run music in the background and multitask on the phone felt like the olden days of the 386 computers. So, hmm, Kind of like a Palm device. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I had to throw that in Ouch. there. Ouch. <laughs> Well, if you're out there listening and you've got any questions or comments, make sure to send them over to us at thecellphonejunkie at gmail.com or give us a call at 602-903-4116. So that just about wraps it up, guys. Jerry, thank you very much for joining us this week. It's always a pleasure. Thank you very much for having me. And Joey, as always, great to have you back on the show. Next week, we've got another special guest lined up, and you'll just have to come back and join us to find out who it is. So until then, have a good one. And thank you for listening. Take care, everybody. For more information about the stories you've just heard, visit us at thecellphonejunkie.com. <laughs>